Welcome to today's episode of the Theotech Podcast. Today I'm going to be interviewing my good friend Schmeichel Hallman, who is a pastor, civic leader, and also one of the early leaders of the Code for the Kingdom hackathon movement. We're going to be discussing his new book, Hacked, and how the lessons from the Christian hackathon movement apply to churches and church leaders so that they can engage and activate their members in ways that have never been done before. So I think that uh, I met you the first time, it was through Code for the Kingdom, and I think you actually came to one of the live events, and we met in person, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember which one, man. It must have been, maybe the, either it was San Francisco, or it was, or it was the first Seattle event, man. The first Seattle event, I think that's what it was, because I wasn't yeah. there in the San Francisco one yet. Okay, um, okay, yeah. But yeah, and then we did a call afterwards, right? Where we talked about um, Code for the Kingdom and some of the things, the projects yep. that we were doing. Yep, yep. So, and we were trying to kind of document, you know, some of uh, some of the early uh, technologies that were coming out, and you know, trying to highlight the weekends. So how did uh, how did you get connected to Code for the Kingdom in the very beginning? Well, my church staff, uh, my church has a pretty strong relationship with the organization that started it. So I saw an email um, about two weeks before the very first hackathon. And I was like, wow, this is this is pretty interesting. I, I had I wasn't new to to uh, to to hackathons. I, I'd actually gone to a few startup weekends that were like in the south, but I'd never seen one or heard of one that was you know rooted in a Christian tradition. Mm. And so there was a number there. So I called the number, try to find out more information. It happens to be Chris Armas. We talked for probably an hour and a half, and I'm like, you know what? I'm so dude. Like I will be, <laughs> I will be there. So I hopped on a plane and went out to the very first one, man. And I've been, I've been a part of it in some way, shape, or form ever since then. Wow, that is pretty cool. So that was that was a really quick decision on your part. Yeah, I mean, it was like the moment that I got off the phone with Chris. Uh, I was I was sold, man. I said, like, you know, I really want to go and check this out. And then when I got to the hackathon, you know, to see elements of prayer and worship mm -hmm. and collaboration, it, I was like, like, you know, tell me when the next one is. I'll I'll be there, you know. Mm -hmm. And and it was it was happening. It was a few months later uh, in Austin, I believe. And I hopped on a mega bus, and and it was like a like a eleven hour journey on a bus to get there, but. I mean, it was just as fruitful as the first one. That's a, that's really cool. Um, and so you've been with Code for the Kingdom from the very beginning. You've seen it firsthand from its inception to what it's become today. And I, as I understand it, you've collected and synthesized all of your experiences and your thoughts about it into a book that you're going to publish very soon. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would um, try to just write down what I was seeing at each one, um, you know, thoughts, um, ideas that came, any like really cool stories, I would try to just kind of write those down. And, you know, about it, I guess probably about a year ago, I started thinking through, you know, just some of the hackathons and some of the people that I'd met. And, you know, one of the things that that I saw um, in a couple of cities was that, you know, the individuals who were coming as I was having conversations with them, these were people who, even though they were members of a church, for the most part, we're not actively or heavily involved in the church. And I was like, wow, that's interesting that a person would come to one of these events, which is 52 hours and give up an entire weekend after mm. they probably worked, you know, 40 or 50 hours. Yeah. 
maybe there's something here for the church to learn, you know, because the church struggles. Most churches, you know, struggle with, you know, getting and keeping volunteers. Mm. So that's that kind of so that was the focus of your book, actually, is helping churches to realize what's actually happening here and how they can apply that to what they do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, you know, definitely, you know, one, I think that was definitely one of the main goals. I think, you know, the other goal is to just kind of introduce the church and just maybe even the general population um, to some of the technology, you know, some of the ideas mm. that, I mean, there's some really cool stuff that comes out of Code for the Kingdom. And a lot of times when people, when we think about startup culture, you know, we think about, you know, things that are happening in the secular world, you know, whatever, what's, what's the new cool app or the new piece of hardware. Yep. And I mean, there's some equally as powerful stuff that's coming on the Christian side as well. Mm. Yeah, that's really true. And I was really excited when I read through your book real quick before this uh, podcast and I got to see the overview. You, you had a lot of technologies listed there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and again, hats off to, you know, to Chris, man, um, you know, with each hackathon, you know, there would be challenges and there would be, you know, themes and through all of those, man, you know, people would come and, and, and come up with stuff, you know, and create stuff. And, you know, the cool thing about it was, you know, the environment and the atmosphere was so inviting that, you know, often it was people who had no tech background at all, you know, who just said, you know, man, the Lord put this in my spirit years ago. And mm -hmm. I wonder if there's a way to make it happen. And they came to an event and they pitched it, you know, up in front of everybody, you know, knees shaking and everything. And, you know, some technologies in the backs heard him and said, Hey, let's, let's make that work, you know? And I think that was one of the special things about Code for the Kingdom. Man. Yeah, totally. What was, yeah. uh, what, what are some of your favorite projects that came out of it? Man, you know, it's, it's been kind of from the beginning to the end, you know, towards the beginning, um, there was this guy named Charles Roach who had this, uh, app called Scriptive. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, Charles kind of gives this story of going through a really rough moment in his life and, you know, needing to find scriptures that really kind of connected with him. Mm. And, you know, each day he would, you know, kind of after work or throughout his day, you know, find scriptures that kind of helped with sadness or anger mm. or grief or depression or even joy and happiness. And he'd write them down and kind of tag them. Yeah. And he created this really cool site that, you know, you go to and it kind of actually, you know, what's going on in your life. And, you know, you could say, hey, I, it was a rough day, you know, um, I lost my job today and it was, you know, really unexpected. And there's this next screen that kind of asks you to talk about emotions. You know, what are you feeling right now? Are you angry? Are you sad? Are you, are, are you, you know, depressed and, and kind of based off of that, it would kick out these scriptures for you, you know, mm -hmm. that you could kind of write down and they would kind of resonate with you. And, and, and kind of beyond that, you could, there was an option to kind of memorize the scripture. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was really, really cool um you know some sometime later there was um a guy who and i don't know if he ever got it off the ground there was a guy in austin who had you know this was kind of before the pokemon go craze mm. um had created this app called treasure hunt and it was a way to engage children and youth um to kind of get them to kind of go throughout the city looking for treasure based off of scriptures and things and it was oh, really okay. really cool man you know uh people have just come up with some really cool stuff. I think even what you, what you, what you did with ceaseless man, um, you know, I mean, the first time that, that I saw that and the power of, you know, Hey, we're on social media all day. Anyway, you know, the average person is spending hours on social media. 
the ability, the power to be able to pray for every one of your Facebook friends or your social media yeah. friends. You know, I mean, there's so much, man. There's so many things, cool things that have come out of it, man. Things that helped uh, with homelessness and mm -hmm. fatherlessness and poverty and food deserts, uh, scripture, prayer, so much cool stuff, man. And I mean, I've got probably a fraction of them <laughs> in the book. <laughs> It's really, it's really exciting. You know, you just feel the, the energy, the momentum, even as you just described the projects uh, behind all these things. And I can totally relate how like, I'm, I'm, I think a lot of pastors probably are wondering, like, how do they tap into this hidden creativity in their congregation, right? How do they <laughs> unleash all of this amazing, um, you know, action and, and creativity, intelligence and ability for the kingdom? Uh, yeah, I'm sure that I, you know, even in in Seattle, I meet pastors all the time who are wondering that, like, how do we even engage techies? And they might be thinking about engagement on the most basic levels of just like getting them to come to church and visit and say hi. But you're already going right. to like the you're shooting for the moon. It's like, no, it's not about just getting them to come to the church. Like, no, they're going to use their gifts to build amazing <laughs> yeah. technology that's going to advance the kingdom, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's so and exciting. It is, man. And, and, you know, it's again, you know, one of the first questions and I think kind of a grounding question for me was, you know, I was I was doing some research for the for the book and I was looking at the volunteer rates, you know, the volunteer mm -hmm. rates for the last you know few years that the Bureau of Labor Statistics puts out each year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just amazing to see that the average person who volunteers, they volunteer 52 hours a year. Wow. Code for the kingdom people are doing that in a weekend. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? wow. and, 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 and sometimes multiple times throughout the course of a year, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you just begin to think about, man, what is it about this hackathon? What is it about this movement mm -hmm. that, you know, kind of meets people where they are and, you know, puts out this incredible invitation to make some change in the world? That is an amazing question. Before you answer it, why don't you tell people what is the name of your book, actually? Yeah, so, so the name of my book is Hacked, and it's just a look at. Uh, so you know, it's it's a look at it's a look it's it's really a case study of mm -hmm. of, of of code for the kingdom. You know, it's it's kind of how this how this how this movement has, and I think is creating new models for how we engage, how churches and and pastors and faith leaders kind of engage. Uh, this group of volunteers. And, you know, I kind of struggled with trying to figure out a name, you know, uh -huh. for it, because there were so many different things. And I, and so I said, well, why hacked, you know? And, and and for me, you know, hacked was kind of an abbreviated version uh, of the hackathon. I and, see. you know, what I, what I was seeing at the hackathon was all of these really complex and pressing, you know, issues, you know, social issues and spiritual issues. And, you know, that we're not new problems. I mean, they're age old problems. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you get people to, to read the scripture more? How do you get people to have an engaging prayer life? How do you deal with poverty in an inner city neighborhood? I mean, those are not new problems. Mm -hmm. But what we were seeing was people who were bringing new solutions to the table. And so I thought, you know, hey, I think, you know, within the church, this issue of not enough volunteers or not enough mm. of the right volunteers. Has it been an age old problem? Yeah. How about we try to hack that problem and come up with some new solutions? So that's where the name hacked came from. Right. Hack right. That problem where we don't have enough people who have the skills and there's a new way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. This model that you're talking about. Yep. 
So I read the I read through the book, and um, one of the differences I was really intrigued by was when you talked about asking to versus asking for. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, you you know, so in in the context of that is, I think where church leaders kind of get not it wrong, not necessarily wrong, but I think a place where we can begin to maybe shift or pivot is you know asking people to something as opposed to asking people for something, you know, asking people for something um, is an appeal for help. Mm -hmm. You know, we need someone in the children's ministry or we need mm -hmm. someone to fix the website. Yep. But asking someone to something is an invitation to make an impact. Right. It's, 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 and sometimes it's the same topic. It's just, you've come at it from a different way. Right. So you think about, the Kofi Kim hackathons, it, it, there was never a, you know, hey, guys, we've got this issue over here. Come help us. It was always, let me enlighten you on the state of poverty in this city. Let me enlighten you on the, the state of homelessness in this city. Mm -hmm. um, and and let, me, let me invite you to something where you can make a very real impact, where you can connect with people. Mm -hmm. Um, who have similar passions, who have similar skills, maybe even similar uh, uh, thoughts about how to deal with it. And then let's come together collectively and try to tackle this issue. So that's the that's the big difference is that you're really calling people to a purpose, not to a task, not to like right. holding bulletins for Sunday, but to uh, how, how are we going to solve or help people who are experiencing homelessness in our city? Just like the big, right, right, broad right. purpose. And, and and I think even with you know say say the bulletins right I mean that's something that has to happen right mm -hmm. I mean you, you need that but I think it's just you know in terms of how do you frame that right you know that that bulletin is more than just a bulletin mm. that bulletin is the information in that is important that may be the key to someone discovering a group that they didn't know about you know what I'm saying so I think we, we've we've got to reframe our opportunities, you know, sometimes we have to kind of just completely destroy them and come up with new opportunities, but sometimes it's just taking our existing opportunities and just even asking ourselves, man, why would I want to do that? So you know, how, yeah, that's, I think that's a great question. How would you actually write a volunteer job description for the bulletin role, for example, so that it becomes exciting? What would you do? Yeah. Well, you know, I think, I, I think you very much kind of approach it as though, as, as how, Chris approached challenges, you know, uh, and it's going to vary greatly, you know, with, you know, if it's the children's ministry or, you know, it's, it's, well, let's, let's start, let's say it's the youth ministry, right. Okay. And, and, and you need people to come there. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are so many issues that a teenager faces right now, you know, online bullying is at an all time high, right. Mm -hmm. um, as kids interact um, online and social media, I mean, there there are the suicide rates, particularly particularly amongst you know black young uh, uh, teenagers, is skyrocketing because of the bullying that they're going through, mm. um, uh, that they that they're encountering, and they don't really know how to deal with. Or, uh, you know, you've got a lot of kids who um, are kind of into the online gaming sphere, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and and I think I think the volunteer piece becomes not hey come in, you know. It's not so much about, you know, snacks or or about, you know, kind of just being there. It's about finding ways to see where 
these kids are to you know seeing the spaces that they that 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 they play in and then finding like really cool ways to to go after that right mm-hmm. and giving people that freedom to pursue them to pursue new ideas and new ways of reaching them right so you know of, yeah. I, Kind of, kind of another thing, you know, and I, I felt this very strongly since coming through Code for the Kingdom, hmm. and it's a scary thing for pastors, I think, but I feel very strongly that if you can find the people in your church, in your congregation, if you can find the people who have similar passions, similar kind of gifts, um, and you get out of the way, you tell them the problems and get out of the way, they'll find solutions, right? Mm. I think a lot of times we want to kind of find the people, give them the solutions and tell them to work the solutions. Mm. And that's not really, you know, that's not, that's not as exciting as giving someone an opportunity to, 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 to find a solution themselves mm-hmm. and make it happen. Now, that's scary for pastors because that means that you have to kind of relinquish the control. Okay. You have to give up some of that power and things you, go wrong. You've got to, yeah, you've got to give up some of that power. You know, it may not be as polished. It may not be as tight. But if you find the five people in your church or 10 people in your church who are really, really serious about poverty or really, really serious about marriage or really, really serious about fatherlessness and just allow them, you know, whether it's a tech solution or not, just allow them to come up with it. I guarantee you, man, they will figure it out. So what do you think it becomes the pastor's role in that kind of a world? Because I know with Code for the Kingdom, for example, I'm not a pastor, but I, I sought out that community and found it within Amazon when I worked there, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and so it was something that, you know, I think that people who have that initiative in these different worlds, they can also take that initiative, find one another, and to start working on these causes and problems without, in some ways, the help or the support of the institutional church. Um, yeah. what I'm wondering is like, what can pastors do? What can churches uniquely do? So instead of just kind of telling volunteers, we, we want you to come here and to make our website for our church or something like that, how can they actually support believers who are already doing this or helping connect the ones in their congregations to unleash them towards this? What can they practically do to help that? Well, I think you just said the word is, is, is a connector, right? When I think about what Chris Armas did, he was a connector. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was it was it was a connector of problems to people and people to people who could solve those problems. Right. That, it, that, they, that your role is not so much to uh, find the solutions, but but again, find the find the people who are passionate. Right. You know what? And I don't know if people are really kind of familiar with what even happens at a typical call for the kingdom weekend. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So they know, but you know, so, you know, it, there is, you know, people arrive on, it's a 52 hour event starts, you know, Friday in the afternoon, five, six o'clock goes to, you know, generally Sunday afternoon. Right. But people will arrive on there at Friday, Friday afternoon. There's a time of kind of socializing um, before the event actually starts. Mm -hmm. The event would start with prayer you know, kind of this overall vision of, of what Code for the Kingdom is and, and, and what it seeks to accomplish. And then there's kind of this time where these challenges are presented, right? And mm-hmm. these challenges are everything. We've seen everything. I've already talked about some of them, everything from, you know, uh, spiritual formation. So, you know, uh, scripture reading, prayer, our journaling, uh, things such as, uh, you know, kind of pressing world issues. Uh, with again fatherlessness, uh, human trafficking, uh, things of that nature. Also, you know, kind of what's happening in the world with 
know, social media, with smartphones, with feature phones. And so there's kind of time to kind of talk about what's happening in these areas. And people from that point get to kind of self-select, they, you know, they, they kind of get, begin to think about, you know, man, what, what interests me. Right. Yep. And then after that, there's a time where people get to pitch. And, 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 and you know, I mean, if you've ever watched, you know, Shark Tank or anything, you kind of know how these things go. You know, a person gets in front of a crowd and say, you know, I have an idea. You know, I, I've always wondered if we could create a way to pray for my Facebook friends or if yep. there was a way for me to, uh, uh, you know, find some like minded people at my church. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, you know, out of out of a group of maybe 100 people or 115, 130 people, you may have 15 or 20 pitches. And and then the rest of the group kind of says, hey, I like your idea. Let's make it happen. I like your idea. Let's make it happen. I like your idea. Let's make it happen. And, you know, from about 830, o'clock on a Friday until Sunday, man, people work to make that idea happen. And, you know, and some of these people are, are super tech minded people who, you know, work at Amazon and Facebook and Google during the daytime and, you know, are extremely gifted in app development or graphic design. Mm-hmm. Some of these people are just, you know, just everyday quote unquote everyday people you know who maybe work at the supermarket mm-hmm. or you know who who have some profession that's not tech related at all yeah and to say you know i've always had this idea you know i heard my pastor preach this sermon and i wonder how we might be able to solve it from a technology standpoint and it's really really amazing man to see what happens you know there's no mandate given there's no uh, um you know really even really super amount of framework it's just Hey, you all feel passionate about this. Let's figure out what you can come up with, mm-hmm. right? And, and 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 I think I think that's the role that pastors have to begin to play. Mm. You know, one of the things that was really inter- that was always interesting, still interesting to me as, as as a pastor, man, is that, like there's Sundays where sometimes in like a row, like a pew, like a row of, of chairs, maybe say twenty chairs, right? Yeah. And and there there've been Sundays where there'd be a guy who would come up to me sitting on a road saying, you know, Hey man, I'm really struggling with, you know, an addiction issue right now. And mm. I just want you to pray. I just want you to pray for me. I don't want you to tell anybody. I just want you to pray mm. for me. And, uh, and, and just, you know, just keep me in your thoughts. And, you know, 15 minutes later, somebody else who's on the same road comes up and says the same thing. Hey man, I got this issue, um, with addiction. And, and I don't want you to tell anybody. I don't want you to share. I just want you to pray with me. And I'm just thinking, man, if I could, if I could link you two together, y'all could encourage each other man y'all could y'all could pray for each other man but 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 because you know there's this kind of isolation in the church you don't come together and it's the same thing with with talents it's the same thing sometimes often with spiritual gifts you know and i think shifting to a role of connecting connecting people together finding the people who have similar passions similar gifts similar spiritual giftings um and who have passions about particular things and just let them go, man. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's powerful. And, yeah. and do you feel like, um, I guess what, it, what makes it hard to do that? What makes it hard to, to change, to kind of reframe the role to become that connector? Or is it just exhausting because like you just have too many connections. You got like 20 people coming up to you uh, and you just can't handle all these relationships. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think that the thing that I've seen is, I mean, pastors do this anyway. I, uh-huh. I think most pastors are doing this, you know, in terms of the amount of 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 kind of work that it takes. I think pastors are doing it. Mm. They're just not doing it in that way. But I think for what I've discovered, for the most part, is it's just fear. 
They're just scared mm. that like oh, these people are not going to see it through. Um, you know, they they're gonna do something that doesn't quite line up with you know the vision of the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. And again, I just I just and, and and certainly you're you're more than welcome to 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 think that could be the case, and that may be the case. Mm. But what I'm saying is that right now, in most churches, twenty to thirty percent of the people do all of the work. Wow, and we have. Some of us have accepted that mm. and just said, you know, hey, it is what it is. And we'll just run the people that we have in the ground. Yeah. Some people have tried new things. And I'm saying, hey, if you're looking to try something new, mm. here's some groundwork. Here's a model that may work for you. Here's a way for you to not only engage the people in your church, because I think sometimes when we think about volunteer experiences, we just think about the people in our church. Yeah. Here's a way for you to perhaps engage someone outside of your church so that, you know, and I, I'll say this and then we can move on, Chris. So many times, people for our church, right? The only time that we communicate with the public is when we have something. Mm-hmm. It's Easter service, come to us. It's 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 thanks, it's Thanksgiving or Christmas service, come to us, right? And so, and I think that's led to like a consumerism that exists in a lot of American Definitely. churches. But I wonder how it may look to say, hey, guys, we've got this amazing opportunity for you right now to make an impact in this community, right? So now I'm calling you to something. Mm. Whether you're a church member or not, just, just you, hey, you're within a three-block radius of our church. We're going to do something that's pretty amazing to shake up this community. We'd love for you to come and hear about it, yeah. right? And like, I'm not, I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm not asking you to give or tithe or anything like that. I just want you just to come and apply some, some, you know, your, your passion, your, your skill yeah. set to this, to this thing. I think we could see some really cool things happen. That's really cool for Michael. And I, I definitely felt as a participant myself at Code for the Kingdom, something that was unique about it was that it's a place where you experience people serving one another with their gifts, like, like nothing else that I really experienced. Um, it definitely doesn't feel like that consumerist mindset of like, I come to church, the staff or whoever volunteers do stuff for me. And then I go. Uh, or yeah. that, you know, I just have to go and be a volunteer and get burned out and just give my time for free as free labor to do this thing. It's because it's connecting this massive need with my own giftings and passions and other people who are also giving so generously and right. then we're doing it all together and we're helping every, each other out. It just makes, it's such a different kind of atmosphere. Um, yeah. that, and it just felt like this is what the Bible talks about, you know, love one another, <laughs> lay down your life for one another, serve one another. It was very different, but this is, feels good. <laughs> That's what I remember feeling like as a, yeah. as a participant. Um, I mean, you know, even with even with and I'm sure you've experienced this, you know, and, you know, with, with all of the COVID and hackathons, you know, there was generally some type of prize that was out there. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't necessarily the thing, but that was only a prize out there. But I've gone to, you know, kind of the secular hackathons where the prize was the thing, you know, mm-hmm. hey, you're going to get after this weekend for ten thousand dollars and people get in and they're like, hey, I only want the best of the best on my team. If you're not, if you don't have this skill or that skill, like, you know, just go to that team or whatever. Right. And, and, and I think one of the things that not think, I know one of the things that intrigued me so much, particularly when we were in Austin, man, you know, uh, that, that second coach King hackathon, you know, there were, there were times throughout the weekend where entire teams would just stop what they were doing and go to another table and say, Hey, what are you, what are you guys doing? Like, can I, like, can I help you? Like, mm-hmm. you know, is there something? And you would never see that, at, 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 you know, kind of a traditional hackathon, yeah. you know? Um, and I think, you know, to Chris's credit, you know, he was very intentional about kind of creating that atmosphere and making it 
okay where people could do that, mm-hmm. where people weren't necessarily, I mean, yeah, people were looking for, you know, to win the prize so they could have some money to kind of keep their app going. But just that community and, and that that spirit of collaboration, man, I think our churches would would do well to be able to <laughs> to have to have that happen throughout a weekly basis, man. Yeah. And I, but I yeah. think see, I think that that's exactly kind of applying the code for the kingdom model to pastors. It's not coming yeah. to a community where they have the answers and like you're just part of like this community that's going to that already has it all figured out. It really is like, guys, we're all facing this problem. We're all kind of driven by the urgency of the now. And we never right. have the ability to think long term, and we don't have a way to minister to and to these people who have so many gifts, but in our churches they just can't use them. So yep. what if we kind of yep. kind of figure out together what it looks like to to create that space for them to use those gifts for the kingdom? And it may not be only inside church on Sunday; it might you know it's throughout the week. Um, exactly. But we don't know exactly. what the answer is, so we kind of need to get together to figure it out together, right? A yep. group that did that, a group something that yep. that that could probably go a long way, and that would be kind of like the the code for the kingdom model in the sense that you just kind of let them let them loose here you go absolutely here's the problem you guys here's the problem. how to how Let's to go. solve that yeah. yeah 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 absolutely man one of the things that you mentioned um about code for the kingdom you had a couple values that it you you called out right and i can read i can read them out because i have them here it says one of them sure. is that it's sure. seeing the uniqueness of every person it's yeah. creating opportunities for significance it's meeting the need for cross-functional highly collaborative environments it's giving people opportunities for mentorship. It's community building. It's a passion-driven approach instead of a personality-driven approach. And there's also rewards. Those are yeah. the, the things that I got out of your book. And I yeah. was wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit more about what is it that Code for the Kingdom does that sees the uniqueness of every person, unlike a, maybe a conventional volunteering role. Yeah, you know, I, I go back to the the the, the time to pitch, right? Um, that Friday night moment when, you know, you've got to get up and pitch. Mm. And for most people, you know, stats would say that public speaking is like the most feared thing. That's like <laughs> the one thing that most people just don't want to do. Yeah. Right. And so to get up in front of a group of people and say, hey, I have an idea. It takes a lot. Mm. Right. And one of the things that that I, that I consistently saw with Kofi that came were, were people who in in Austin, for for example, it's maybe one of the last hackathons in Austin. Uh, everyone had gone up, mm-hmm. every, everyone had gone up and gave their pitch, and there were some phenomenal things. And then, you know, Chris came up and he was like, "Man, you know, I just want. I just feel like maybe there's someone else here that you know wants to share the pitch. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. You know, you 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 can come here. It's okay. We're not we're not going to judge you. Every everyone is unique. Everyone, you know." you know, God gave you that idea or, or, yeah. or that vision. It's okay for you to come up. Mm. And th- there was a lady who came up and she said, she said, you know, I, I've, I've been writing down like for a good part of my life, all the promises of God. And, and I wonder how it might work to put those in an app so mm. that a person could download the app and read the promises of God. And there were more people who flocked to her to make that thing happen. Mm-hmm. And within a very short amount of time, like it was one of the apps that actually came to pass, mm-hmm. right? But without that kind of gentle nudge to say, "Hey, it's okay. It's you know, we're not we're not gonna you're you're just as valuable as the person who works full time at Facebook mm-hmm. and can crank out the app. Like you're just as valuable as that person. And and, and sometimes we don't always have that that mentality at church. Mm-hmm. Right. So that like seeing like that, this, you know, regardless of, you know, 
how much education you have or, you know, how much uh, uh, job experience you have doing a particular thing. Like, like you have a gift, you've got a spiritual gift, you've got, you know, something that God's pressed upon you mm-hmm. and like that makes you valuable. Right. And, 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 I, and I think that's kind of where a lot of the collaboration, you know, what made the collaboration happen. At mm. And it's also kind of a public gentleness or something that, that invites. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Cause they wouldn't, absolutely. they wouldn't maybe normally be the type that would want to promote themselves and put themselves out there, but because they're, they feel safe. And they feel invited safe. to come forward. They, their ideas can become real, um, right? Now, and so, and so, what, what, so, what makes that so much more powerful is the mentorship, right? Mm-hmm. Because people want to come. People want to be a lot of like what draws people to volunteer. And this is again going back to that Bureau of Labor Statistics in terms of when they ask people, well, why do you volunteer? There's a significant amount of people who said, I, I, I volunteer because it helps me learn something new. Mm. Right. So think about the times and I'm talking specifically to like the pastors and church leaders right now. Think about the times where you've made that invitation to help someone learn something new, but then you never gave them the freedom to learn it. and You never connected them with people who already knew it. Mm. Right. One of the cool things at Code for the Kingdom, you know, at the end of every event, we would do a survey to ask people, you know, how what did you like about the event? Right. You know, what 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 should we keep doing? What should we stop doing? And almost without fail. Mm. At the top of people's list was mentorship. And so what we would do, and you know this very well, Chris, because oftentimes you've you've been one of the mentors, <laughs> is 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 approached people, you know, who were experts, subject matter experts, and said, Hey, would you be available over the course of this weekend? Would you be available to give 30 minutes of your time to a person to talk to them, to help them think through their idea, think through their concept, right? Mm. And that was so important because I mean, we were the mentor, the, the caliber of mentors, these were people who were executives. These were people who had founded companies. These are people who had done the work who, who these people probably would not have access to in any other way. Mm. But I've come and I've pitched an idea that I'm not sure about, but I'm getting this kind of gentle affirmation from the crowd. And I have access to someone who's done this and is willing to kind of walk with me and talk with me. Um, mm through this weekend and maybe even more if I needed it. Like, I mean, that, like, like that does wonders for people, right? Because now I've learned a new skill, I've got an opportunity to kind of practice it, and then I can kind of sharpen it by talking to people who've done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So for people who are interested in learning more about not only Code for the Kingdom, but how that model can apply to their churches, um, you know, how can they learn more? Well, I, you know, I would definitely encourage you to get the book. You know, by the time this is published, the book will definitely the, the ebook will be on Amazon, and okay. I would definitely encourage you to get to get the book and, and read through it. Uh, I've I, I made the pledge that any profits that I get will, will go to help uh, uh, additional code for the kingdoms, or uh, you know, to help um, get the word out about you know this model. Yeah. Um. So so you know I I'm I'm definitely not trying to get you, rich or anything can off. Can you read this. the book? Can you can you read the title of the book and the subtitle one time just for for the recording so that we can also share that. So what's the name? I'll I'll, I'll prompt you. Um. All right. Can you tell us the name of the book again, Shmichael? 
Sure, sure. So the name of the book is Hacked, H-A-C-K-E-D. And the subtitle is? Subtitle is, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> if, you hadn't, if you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. Uh, the subtitle is, is, is How a Christian Hackathon is, um, is, 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 is Challenging the, the, the Model of Engagement in Churches. So if you want to learn more, the name of the book is Hacked. How a Christian Hackathon is Shifting Traditional Engagement Models and Creating an Ecosystem for Life-Transforming Technology. It's by Shemichael Hallman. You can find it on Amazon by November 7th. And uh, the, all the profits are going to go to funding further Christian Hackathons like Code for the Kingdom and spreading the word about this new model so that pastors and churches and anybody in the body of Christ and also people who might be interested in these causes can be activated to use their gifts for good. So the name of the book again is Hacked, How a Christian Hackathon is Shifting Traditional Engagement Models and Creating an Ecosystem for Life-Transforming Technology. Thank you so much. That's going to be the Theotech Podcast for today. If you'd like to get more stories about how God is working in and through the tech industry and activating believers to use their gifts to advance the gospel, you can sign up for our newsletter through the link in the description below. If you'd like to support us in telling more of these stories, you can support us on Patreon also through the link in the description below.